So you're a fan of Atlanta United. And you heard ATL on Fire has crazy insights to your favorite team. Or maybe you're just here for the crazy. Amar said it? You've got to be kidding me. Nah, I'm here to produce, keep the sanity, and of course, drink wine. Or maybe to hit the buttons. And crank up the crazy. Whatever you're here for, we're going to talk about it all. I'm Dave Cass. I'm Mikey Dobbs. And I'm Carmen Butler. And this is... The ATL on Fire Podcast Show. Hey everybody, we are live from Wild Heaven Brewery here in Avondale Estates, Georgia. Very nice. Dave, Carmen, how are we doing? Good, how are you? It's a gorgeous day out here at the brewery, so if you're listening live, come on down. Beautiful day, gorgeous. Could not have written it better. Uh, So we're here to talk about Atlanta United. We're a week away from starting the season at the Mercedes-Benz against what, San Jose Earthquake? San Jose in the opening game at the Bend, 7.30 next Saturday. And uh, what's the start time? 7.30. 7.30. So we are going to talk about who we think our starting lineup might be in that game. We're going to talk a little bit about maybe uh, one new signing. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about some of the preseason games leading up to our opening game, and also the fact that MLS has yet to determine what their playoff system is, which seems like a big deal as we're only, uh, what, was it less than a week from starting the season, and they don't have that sorted out. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, my first question to you, Mikey Dobbs, what wine are we drinking? We are not drinking wine. Again, I'm just kidding. I'm just no. kidding. We are actually at Wild Heaven Brewery right. uh, on the back patio. Dog friendly. Uh, the beer is flowing. So we're not doing uh, red wine today. We uh, are having some emergency drinking beer or some easy ATL ale. Cheers. Mm-hmm. Cheers to that. And uh, in a minute here, we might invite Nick over, who is uh, our sponsor here from Wild Heaven. Right. And uh, he's also um, a part of, uh, I th- think Footy Mob is the uh, the group that he is a part of, and huge Atlanta United fan. Uh, he, he likes to act like he doesn't know what's going on with the club, but he does. So <laughs> we'll, we'll wave him over here in a minute to get his thoughts on uh, the team going into the season. Yeah, awesome. I think that's great. Yeah. Um, so you want to start with the starting lineup? I think so, yeah. So we know that Sosa is certainly out because he's suspended for two games, so right. we're going to take him out of the equation. Uh, what do you think uh, from all the lead-up here? What are your thoughts on who we're going to start? Guzan? It seems like the, the back line is set, right? Guzan is going to be in goal. Uh, you think? Yeah, I think so. I don't think there's any chance. You know, it's interesting because he didn't play on Wednesday night. um, But him and Miles Robinson were clearly rested after a long preseason. And they both started in St. Louis. That was as close to the starting lineup as you might expect to see next Saturday with the exception that the new guys are still in play for a potential starting lineup. But I think the back is all set. It's going to be Guzan in goal. It's going to be Gutman at left back. It's going to be Robinson and Parata in the center, and it's going to be Lennon on the right. Okay. That's clear. So without Sosa, who who's going to play that kind of pivotal role in front of the back four? Can we go with nobody? <laughs> yeah, but, but who is it going to be? Well, it's going to be Josetu, but he doesn't really play that. Yeah. 
Uh, I think it has to be right, and then and it's Jose to Anabara. We okay. haven't seen any Sadich all season, all preseason long. So presumably he's got an injury. We haven't heard anything yeah. from Atlanta United about it, but he obviously is not going to well, start if he I, hasn't played any preseason. I will say that gives me a little comfort. It's not his position though, but at least he's a seasoned player. He's got lots of minutes, uh, so hopefully he can. Figure out a way to mentally. Jose, you mean? Yeah, sorry, yeah. Who's, who's that too? Mm-hmm. To uh, to figure out, stay a little more defensive minded. I don't know though. What do you think? Well, considering that was the center midfield that got run over in preseason in a bunch of games, yeah. including in Chattanooga. Yeah. Um, and he's also said uh, Pineda that he wants Jose to be more aggressive, right? So he should be on the other side of this equation. <laughs> Yeah, well, we'll get to it at the end of the so podcast. So is it a, is it a Barra that's going to be back there in the Sosa position? I think it is. I don't think so. I mean, maybe you could call it a double pivot, but he sees Josetu as a defensive midfielder, right? So I don't think so. He, a, a Barra has been further forward than Josetu for the most part in the preseason. Which, All right. Which, that doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound right to me either. <laughs> because, you know, you need a guy who can get in a tackle, right? And Ibarra is willing to break a guy in half, you know. Um, Carmen, what do you think about our midfield situation? It seems in flux at best. <laughs> I keep, like, trying to wish Sosa back somehow. And then the well, other Well, he folks- will be back after two games. But one of the things that's interesting, and I, I think this is the moment to pause and talk about it, right? We mentioned it on an earlier podcast, but I think let's hit it home again, right? That So Sosa is obviously not available for the first two games, right? So, But he hasn't played at all in the preseason. He was an emergency starter in Chattanooga. And after the game, Pineda said that he was called into at the last second because of a last minute injury to the starting lineup. Right. Um, So if, I mean, there's, there's three possibilities. One possibility is that Sosa is nowhere in the equation. He's not even considered a starter, which seems to me nuts. Yeah. Right. Second possibility is that he says because he's not ready for the first two games that he's not going to play in preseason basically at all. Or the third possibility is that Sosa picked up a knock in that game and that's why he hasn't been available the rest of the preseason. What do you think? I think it's the the second to last one there, which is that he just is not starting him because he knows he's uh, on suspension the first two games and wants to go with who he thinks needs to be ready on day one. What do you think, Carmen? Do you agree? I'm over here trying to make sure that Elliot can hear us, so I haven't really been. (laughs) 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 Are we having having audio problems? It sounds like we might be having some audio problems. Um, Elliot says he can't hear, so I'm working on it. But y'all just keep going. Oh, man. (laughs) Um, So uh, I hate it when... These uh, li- this is our second live disaster. Um, <laughs> disaster is strong. Yeah, Mikey that's a Dobbs. strong word, Mikey. Dobbs. It is. It's <laughs> like when you when you go live and it, there's no audio, that's a disaster. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that Sosa's got to be our starter, and, and I think Pineda thinks the same. But if that's the case, are you okay with him getting basically no minutes in preseason? Because he didn't, he wasn't even on the bench against Toluca. He wasn't even on the bench in St. Louis. No, I think we talked about this on the last podcast. It's like I agreed with you after disagreeing with you that I thought you should play the starters to get ready for game one. But you're right. I think you should establish the system first so that everybody else kind of knows here's how Sosa plays. I need to fill in and play. 
it's in, almost in the like, way that they that the coaches designed it. It's almost like it's a punishment, right? Like that, you know. I mean, and maybe that's what it is. Maybe the Atlanta United club decided that, you know, because he was supposedly using a racial slur that you know which he claims that he didn't know was actually a racial slur or whatever but um that they were like look you know not only you're suspended but you are person non grata until the suspension is over yeah i i don't know i mean but in that case then in the emergency he played him in chattanooga and he played right through that right. and he said and maybe that was so weird because he said you know that we only did that because an emergency, and maybe that's sort of indicative that he was like, ah, you know, just so you know. But if mm. that's the case, if he really is suspended, you can't go with it no matter what. You got to find no somebody else. Yeah. Right. Right. It doesn't make sense at all. So is Etienne going to be available on the left to start? So Etienne um, finally made his Atlanta United debut at St. Louis, but off the bench. Um, I would presume that he is available, but with the minutes that he's gotten in preseason, you got to imagine that it's unlikely that he would be starting. Now, this is okay because obviously Caleb Wiley is a is a very capable, you know, fill-in, if yeah. you will. Maybe even Caleb Wiley's the starter. I don't know. And you're you're totally confident that Abram is not going to get the start. It's going to be Parata. I don't think so. I mean, Abram also did make his debut. His visa came through, so yeah. he played in St. Louis. You're not allowed to play until you have your visa. So he did show up as a sub off the bench. I would have a hard time saying that you're going to go with a guy who's played 30 minutes or so in Agreed. preseason as the starter. Agreed. I think Parata is the right choice there. So I Especially when you have such a logical right. backup. Now, up front, where we have no options, yeah. <laughs> you might see uh, Yakomakis or Papa Giorgio um, <laughs> starting despite the fact that he has not played a minute. Now, his visa is not yet through. The rumor is that it's coming through tomorrow. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, I think given what our other options are, you play your, you play your talent. And that guy. Now he's been training. Yeah. He's allowed to train, so it's not like he'd be brand new to the squad. Yeah. Okay. But he has not played a minute of preseason. Hmm. Now I I'm still gonna go with I that Ibarra has to be the Sosa fill and and Huzetu has to be more offensive. <laughs> well, I think that's I'm not disagree gonna... with you, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then yeah, of course you've got Almada. Uh, as the other attacking center mid, and then whether it's Wiley or Etienne. Yeah, so Almada is the lock-in as the attacking midfield, and Araujo is the lock as yeah. the front of three. Sure. For sure. Now, so let's just run recap it real quick. So I think the starting lineup is Guzan in goal, right? I think it's Gutman on the left. It's Parata and Robinson at center back. It's Lennon on the right. It's Ibarra Josetu sitting behind at some level. Almada on the left it's either Wiley or Etienne. I think it's going to be Wiley with Etienne coming off the bench. Up top, if Yakomakis comes through, would be the starter. If not, he was going with Machop Chol, but he is now slight injured with the hamstring, and so you got to figure it's Jackson Conway starting in the first game. And outright is Araujo. Yeah, I would agree. And we have signed another backup striker from D.C. United, right? Yes. Uh, something, I have to call something up his B name. Miguel Barry, is that something? Right? I have it. Hold on a second. It's Miguel Barry. That is correct. An MLS veteran. He played last with DC, 14 games and zero goals. <laughs> zero <laughs> goals. But let's let's also know DC United is was a dumpster fire last year. 
So could be part of that because you were saying he scored at previous clubs, right? Yes, he played in the MLS previously for Columbus. He had 10 goals in 35 games for them. So that, as a backup, is not too shabby. Yeah. But then they released him. Well, so. you know, one thing I like, you know, if you look at someone like a Brandon Vasquez, like, and you judged him on his numbers from uh, his first year or two at Atlanta yeah. United, like, I don't know, is he one of those players? I have no idea. How old is this kid? Or, or is he passed? Is he passed? Um, no, that? he's still still young. Still developing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't have his age. Because you assume yeah. they they you assume they're they're betting on the up there that he's got some talent, but it also shows that uh, maybe they don't believe so much in Jackson Conway. He get, scored a few goals for San Diego when he was on alone there um, in the USL. Yeah. yeah. He's twenty five. Twenty five. He's yeah. still a kid. How old is Jackson Conway though? Somewhere around the same age, right? He's a little like twenty-three. Yeah, a little younger, younger better, a little younger. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, yeah, it doesn't tell you that they have a lot of confidence in Jackson Conway. That's for yeah. sure. Why sign a guy this late? I mean, unless they're thinking like this guy, their scouting says you know he's got real potential, and you just take a flyer on him. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, certainly we're desperate for striker options because even if. Yakamakis is, uh, you know, fully available and ready to go. Right now, he was grooming Machop Chol to be the backup who's never played striker in his yeah. entire life. Um, <laughs> and Jackson Conway is the other backup. You know, none of that inspires confidence. So going into the starting game next Saturday, we've played, what, five preseason matches, scrimmages. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've let in 15 goals. <laughs> um you know, in in some of those like, but you, we're emphasizing defense. We're emphasizing up. defense. <laughs> I took a couple polls on Twitter to see if people are concerned about this, and I would say, overall, sixty percent of the people are slightly or very concerned uh, about it. Thirty percent, not so much. Uh, that they're just kind of saying, "Hey, this is preseason. We're testing things out." But I am concerned about like the mindset of allowing the ball to splash in the net 15 times, three per game, uh, that that's not a good, like, standard or mindset to have, I think, in terms of a team that should just have a little more pride on not letting a ball hit the back of the net that many times. Three, gonna, three per game. I'm going to split the difference and say I am concerned but not incredibly concerned because the concern to me is coming from – Guzan not really necessarily showing that he's back, and Robinson not showing that he's back, yeah. right? So those guys, presumably, we know they're good players, yeah. and they're going to get better as the season goes on. The concern, so, so that you would say there's not a real concern that I think there's no doubt that midseason Guzan and Robinson are going to be legitimate MLS players, right? Yeah. So from that standpoint, you would be like, the defense is fine. Now, that being said, if they really are not 100% and we struggle out of the gate because they're not ready and Pineda doesn't recognize that and we lose games early, it could be over by the time they're healthy. Yeah. And look, sure. I mean, these preseason games, we didn't have – Sosa, as uh, you know, who, who, <laughs> who may or may not be a player. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Sosa as well, but uh, you know, we didn't have some of our other starters. I've seen a lot of stuff on Twitter that why did we buy an extra striker? We should have been buying a holding midfielder. I'm like, what? I don't know about you, but I think we have one of the best holding midfielders in all of MLS. Uh, I mean, 
I am 100% convinced that Sosa is the real deal. Now, yeah. he has had some injury issues. Right. So when he's not on the field, he's not that good. Yeah. But when he's been on the field, he's been terrific. I absolutely agree. I and mean, he has had some times where he's been asked to do things that a defensive midfielder can never do, and that's just horrible tactics. But right. that's not on the player. Yeah. Right. So uh, you were at the AmFam Cup the other night. Um, yes. We, we didn't get to see anything televised uh, in the last St. Uh, <laughs> Louis, Louis game, which I, closed evidently we won 2-1, to one, right? And it was Almada and Arujo got penalty kicks and scored? No, Almada scored on a penalty kick. Arujo scored from live play again. And oh, there, okay, good. Th- there is a real – I mean – Era Ujo has said over and over and over that he likes the system, he's comfortable, and he's working on being much more of an attacker, much more getting in behind, and he has done that. Now, obviously, you would point to last preseason he scored a wonder goal and then didn't really do it in the season. But I actually have hope. I had hope last year, too, that I think Era Ujo is for real. I mean, the guy has got everything. He's got skill. He's got power. He's got strength. He's got pace, you know. I mean, he can do it all. And to me, barring the tactics not letting him succeed, there is no doubt that as an MLS player, he is a phenomenal MLS player. I think Era Ujo's attitude through the year is going to be indicative of the whole Atlanta United season. So follow me here. That's I think a good point. I think if he starts off and starts scoring goals and is able to keep that moving and keep that positivity that – we might find ourselves in a good position come, you know, the fall. If we start to see some turbulence and frustration from Araujo come the summertime, game over. I'm telling you that he will feed into the entire culture yeah. of the locker room yep. where he gets pouty-faced. Yeah. And I'm telling <laughs> you, that'll be it. Like, so he, yeah, if, if, I agree. if he's smiling come summer, we might have a future come the fall. Mm-hmm. I think it's spot on. I really don't yeah. have anything to add to that. I think it's okay. absolutely spot on. Yeah. A question for you with Araujo. I know people talked about him possibly people looking to get him from us come yeah. summer. Is that still a possibility? Well, I don't there know was how a rumor that is. he was leaving this, that he was in the last couple of weeks that yeah. he was leaving oh, right. to go to okay. South America. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, and th- there was a bid made. There was an actual bid None made. None of those for Argentinian teams or Brazilian teams have enough money okay. to make it worth it for okay. us. So it, it, it was just about that, I think, more than anything. Gotcha. And Maybe Miss Brazil wanted to leave France to come to the U.S., and now she wants to go even but further Ar- back. Ar- Ar- it was did, a Brazilian club. But Araujo right? Ar- right. did say he was open to offers. Yeah. So, you know, his mind is clearly open to what his – well, wouldn't you be having been through what he's been through here? Oh yeah, yeah. I Most mean, definitely. It's, it hasn't been good. It has not been good. It doesn't suggest that he is giving a huge leash to Pineda. That yeah. he's so confident that you know whatever. Yeah. And I don't think he's the strongest-minded person either. So, and that's why I was saying his his attitude come summertime will be the clear writing in the wall for how the season goes, because I think he'll if if. The tactics aren't working, and he's not being set up for the what he thinks he was going to come to the MLS to do isn't happening. Yep. Then it's going to be a disaster. Well, he came to MLS to dominate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, thinking that he was just going to run over the league, and I think that's a credit to MLS that it's a lot better than people think. But, yeah. um, but that being said, I think he could dominate if he yeah. was given the right tactics. 
So, do you want to try and hit a reset on this, or you want to keep going? I think we're having trouble with the live feed. Oh, I don't know. It says live. We're just not having. We're having problems with the audio. audio I think. Yeah. Click, click on this uh, little gear here and see if that helps. Uh, go down. Yeah, audio. And what do we have? Selected roadcaster default. Yeah, I don't know. We're not muted or something. It all looks correct. I don't think so. We'll, we'll have to marry it uh, with the audio. Can on we the stop it and try and relive it again? Uh, we want to try one. Yeah, I think that's going to cause a lot of editing issues. So okay, well, let's persevere. Okay, <laughs> push on. All right, we're good. Um, so Sorry to you out there. Amfam Cup, you were there. Yep. Anything you want to discuss on what you saw during that uh, that game? Well, I think we're going to do a little bit on the tactic board at the end. Okay. But I thought maybe before that we might, two things, might talk about the fact that there's still no MLS playoff structure. And then maybe, obviously, we got to have Nick over here from the brewery. So, yeah, so, yeah let's talk about no MLS playoff structure. I mean, there's been a lot of people who have sounded off on it. I think even Gary Neville... Uh, went off on MLS. It, it's not an elite league when you can't even figure out what your playoff system is a week before the season starts. And I got to agree with Phil him. Neville. Phil right, Neville. Yeah. But yes. <laughs> One of the Nevilles. One of the, One of the Nevilles. They're twins, man. <laughs> They're not twins. They're not. They're brothers. They're brothers. They're not twins. They look. Everybody so thinks that, but you have not. you have twins. Um, I have actual twins. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, what do you think? I think it is a little uh, suspect. I think it's complete, more than suspect. Completely shambolic, right? I mean, how you know, as a manager, I mean, you know, not that you're going to really change your system or whatever, but you know, you have to know, you know, going into the season, what you have a goal for the early part of the season, and part of that is predicated on knowing what the playoff structure is, right? So if I was, you know, Phil Neville, who's a manager, right, um, I would be pissed too, right? Yeah. Like, I think that's amateur hour, right? Oh, I mean... Definitely. <laughs> you would think a league would, by this point, have a playoff yeah. system together. And part of the problem has been, I think, they because of the new Apple deal, and you can talk about this most, yeah. Mikey Dobbs, because you know it the best, but they want to have a longer playoff schedule with more playoff games. And so the question is, how do you accommodate that? Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, Apple's trying to increase their inventory, so... What they're proposing, I think the last I heard was eight teams from each conference would make the playoffs. Yep. And there would be a, the best of three type of. Best of three is what so I So how does that work? Because that's. The early rounds only. So what I had heard is right, when they were talking about best of three for the early rounds, and then as you get into quarters or semis, the semifinals yeah. and finals would be a single match. A little bit Champions League style. Yeah. A little bit. What's but the it, point it, of a regular season then? Well, that's always been true in MLS. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's certainly very um, – this is in transparent admission that the TV is driving the yeah. playoffs. This is an inventory, right. yeah. inventory d- driven decision. It is not helping create any sort of drama that was really good in the single elimination playoffs in the MLS last year. So it, the model was not broken last year because what we got was actually some pretty exciting MLS. Very exciting games, but games. I, I actually think 
you know, we were very critical of it initially, and I'm still yeah. critical of it because it's not the best team that goes through it always in this right. case. I don't, right? I don't love the system we were in last year, but I think eight teams from each conference in a that make the playoffs that seems but that's only one more team right because we're in the, we had seven last year yeah and that was too many to begin with <laughs> so now you're going the you're going the wrong way fair fair so yeah i would be in favor of less teams make the playoffs and expanding the playoff format either yeah. back to a two or even a three because then you're you're increasing the quality so now you got better teams right and then yeah if you do the best of three then that I don't know how you do a best of three either, by the way, because there are ties in this game, people, right? So, you know, in a baseball, you can do the best of three. But in, in MLS, right, you can't do a best of three. What if there's a tie? That means you got to have a shootout to decide or something? Yeah. Oh, we I mean, Americans that, love a good shootout. Now, so. in a two format, you can do it, right? Because obviously if you win two games, you're through. But it's a aggregate score, Yeah. right? That's how it's yeah. traditionally been. So... You could do best of three aggregate <laughs> score, but then you got some crazy, you know, aggregate scoring going on, I guess. Yeah. Are they going to tell us when they have to make a decision by? Or are they just going to go halfway Supposedly through the season? Supposedly, like, tomorrow, <laughs> they're, tomorrow like, got, They claim it's going to okay. be before the season. We'll but see. they're waiting. They were having an owner's meeting or something, and it was going to be finalized for it. I think that was going on yesterday, maybe, or today. Okay. Yeah. All right, then. So... All right, Mikey Dobbs, you want to go grab Nick? I just texted him, so we'll see if he, he's able to pop over, and I'll, I'll give him a wave here. Okay, I can but see him. But Why don't, <laughs> why don't uh, you talk a little bit about the AmFam Cup game, though, that you were at? You want to do a little bit of tactics while we're waiting? Uh, um, I was going to go into tactics afterwards, but I can talk about it. I mean, so the AmFam Cup, we played the starting... The, the starting... <laughs> the starters in the first half, and in the second half, we played... Um, all of the 17-year-olds, right? Now, um, one thing that was crazy, so he rested both Guzan and Miles Robinson, They, but they were clearly rested because they've been playing a lot in the injury. They came back for the St. Louis game, right? But what was interesting is in resting Miles Robinson, who was the center back who played? It was Noah Cobb. So Noah Cobb's 17, and he did play well against Chattanooga in the second half, but that was a bit odd. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you would have thought, for example, I mean, that suggests that if we were to have an injury to two of our center backs, so we have three, right? We have Parata, we have Abrams, we have Robinson. If we have an injury to two of them and we're forced to go with another starter, that it wouldn't be Hernandez, who's the obvious choice, yeah. right? Or even moving Gutman over and Wiley goes to the left back, which is the obvious second choice, right? Or one of those two is the top choice. The, uh, the question, Pineda said that, oh, would it be Noah Cobb, the 17-year-old? Um, which seems to me, you know, and now Pineda is really into rewarding guys who are playing early in the preseason, but I don't get that at all. Right, I mean, yes, you want to reward guys, but if they're not in your plans for the season, you got it. The preseason, first of all, is about getting guys ready for the season, right? Yeah. So you want to have as many of the combinations as you can get, right? Yeah. So there's a top right X on that blue box. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, that was the case. We saw that the clearly the backup. Goalkeeper is Westberg and not Diop. Westberg played in the first half. Diop played in the second so, half. So, yeah, let's talk about that for a second because 
we we see Westberg come in, which means opposite of what I thought that I thought Diop was going to be the first choice, but clearly in training, Westberg must be winning out in terms of quality. And from what you saw on the field, that seems correct too. Diop looked really bad. No, no, no offense to him, <laughs> but um, we got another shuttle. He was in our hand. all over. <laughs> his t- positioning was all over the place. The goal that we gave up from the winner in the second half was a deflection, and it was a bad deflection that any goalkeeper can give up, but it was a deflection that took place outside of the box, and he was leaning so badly he fell over, and the ball ended up like a foot beside him the other way, and he could never recover. I'm like, you cannot tell me that a world-class goalkeeper wouldn't be agile enough to be leaning a little bit, recover on the other side, and still make that save. Yeah. I mean, he came nowhere close to it. He just kind of... Uh, I was about to say, are we really going for world-class goalkeepers at this point for Atlanta United? Well, like, I feel like, I don't know. Guzan was Guzan once was. a world-class He was. Goalkeeper. I mean, we should be, but I don't feel like we are. That's just that, that's how it feels like watching them. That's I'm going to go with Westberg makes that safe. Okay. All right. Uh, so that was pretty bad. I mean, the other thing is that. Tyler Wolf is clearly still injured. He hasn't made a you know played a minute yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't understand why Sosa wasn't at least uh, you know even if he's not a starter, why not play him with the reserves? You got to get him minutes, yeah. right? Um, unless he's injured and nobody's talking about it. Yeah. Um, the injuries. I mean, Carmen, you can talk about this. Your our club <laughs> liaison to the injuries. I mean, they tell us nothing. They really yeah. do. It's always a knock, like. They might tell us it's a lower half knock or an it upper seems, half knock. I mean, it's borderline irresponsible the way that they – like, look, there's no reason in some of these cases to try to be, like, cagey or strategic about whether some of the players are going to be available to, like, you know, fool San Jose and who we're actually going to start. Come on. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know – it's not like other clubs don't actually see and know that they're not playing, right? right? So so in the preseason, you know, it's one thing if you're, like, cagey about it before a game. You don't want them to know to have to plan for it. But they know. They're watching. They can see. It's published on Google, right, <laughs> the starting lineup is, right? So I don't understand being cagey about it at this point. Like, yeah. what does that do for you? Um, it just gets your fans frustrated. Now, I will say, are, are you optimistic? It seems like we're – at least creating some some goals in preseason. Uh, Almada and Arizio seem to be clicking from at least some of the highlights I've seen. They seem to have a, a better connection. Almada missed a sitter in that game, by Did the he? way, in the first three minutes. Um, Araujo just – I mean, first of all, I would say Araujo has looked for real. He is consistently getting behind. He's run, He has said that he is much more dedicated to running in behind, and it looks it. I mean, they had no answer for him whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, Toluca, I mean, this is Toluca. This is a Mexican, you know, side, a really quality Mexican side, right? So, um, yeah, he's looked great. And he came in and beat the whole defense. The goalkeeper made a save, and it popped right back to Almada, who had a sitter just to put it over the goalkeeper. And he got it over the goalkeeper, but also over the goal. I mean, yeah. I don't anticipate he's going to miss that too often. Yeah. And he looked like a little bit like, like, oh, the game started. <laughs> so, so, do you want to go to the tactical board and talk a little bit about 
what you'd like to see. Yes, it. we Look, can. Looks like Nick is in a, in a conference call right. or something. So I'm so let's actually start then by can you call up the, the picture? The picture. Uh, I want to talk about two different things, and we can start with two photographs that I took during the AmFam Cup. Um, okay. AmFam Cup. Okay. The okay, first one is this that picture, which is this, this literally. Um, literally a picture I took just before kickoff, right? So in this picture, um, it's a little bit hard to see, but um, what uh, hopefully those of you on the YouTube channel can see is that um, we have the opening kickoff. We're in red and Toluca's in white. And what's interesting is that we have the standard, what you wouldn't expect, all three of our strikers are you know, either on the ball or up front. But what's interesting is that Lennon is standing at midfield as the right back. Okay. Yeah. So what that tells you is that obviously Lennon is clearly dedicated. Now, this was a, sta- a set-up play where they played it back and tried to play over the top. I don't get this because if you had to pick Mikey Dobbs between two players who we were going to try in the opening kickoff to send the ball over top who could run real fast – Beat a guy physically one-on-one and gain possession. Would you pick A, Brooks Lennon, or B, Araujo? Raguzan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he should go charging up the right side. That's a interesting. Beautiful ball head. <laughs> but no, yeah, it definitely should be Araujo. Right. So, and you might say, well, Araujo's going there too. But all if Brooks Lennon goes running up with Araujo, he's just going to bring a defender over. Yeah. Right? And it doesn't make any sense to me. But anyway... What's interesting about this picture is that not only that's that, and that indicates that there's a clear, that's our focus, that Lennon is going to be very attacking, right? But if you look at the three backs in this picture, right, Goodman, Parata, and Cobb, because Robinson wasn't playing, but presumably it would be Robinson normally, what you can see is that they are set up in a normal center back two and a left back. Right. So normally, if you're going to say send your right back forward, you would have those three players shift if they're not willing to do it, even on a kickoff. Right. When you have a play set and everybody on your team presumably knows that's going to happen. Does that suggest you're going to do it in a game? No. I mean, it's a a really weird thing to see. Right. I mean, because Lennon is standing right on the half field line. We're about to kick off going forward. Right. And we have three backs in the back, as you would expect, right? Now, granted, and this is my counter to this, is that um, we did not see a lot of Goodman and Lennon both being forward. So that's a plus. But during the game... Actually, a little less dual airplanes, at least one airplane at a time. (laughs) One airplane at a time. I agree. There should be... You know, what we need is an air traffic controller who controls which airplane is going and which airplane is staying, right? <laughs> <laughs> but in any case, that's that's a good thing, right? I think that suggests that we might be more inclined to leaving three in the back. But the interesting thing is when we had three in the back, which was more often, most teams would have them shift over to a three where one center, one right, one left. And we never really looked like that. We just looked like we were like, well, Lennon's still responsible for that. Yeah. Right? Which, why? Why? Anyway, okay, so that's one thing. And then let's go to the second picture um, because it shows you, and I'll show it to you on the tactical board too, so even if you can't see it on this picture. So I took this picture during play 
Um, sometime, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes into the first half. This was all of our starters, right? So Toluca has the ball, right? And they have the ball basically somewhere around right uh, middle of the field, and they're on their left side, okay? So as we talked about all of last year, right? Yeah. If you look at our back four, they are so pinched over. Right. So particularly the position of Gutman, right? He is so they only have one guy they have two guys forward. They have a left forward and they have a center forward, okay? Right? So the left forward is being marked by Lennon. You know, Lennon's pretty close to him, that's fine. They have one guy in the center. So we have Cobb and Parata right next to him. I think in this case it's um, Parata who's open and Cobb is standing right next to him. And Gutman has come all the way in. Now, you might say that's a decent position when there's nobody there. But if you notice, what has Toluca done with their right back? Can you see that? He's out wide. Yes. He's almost standing with his heels on the touchline, right? And he is literally the only player almost in the entire half of that field. If you draw a line straight from goal to goal, he's the only player on the right side of the field. Yeah. Right? And one of the things that I saw over and over and over from both Lennon and Gutman is they are committed to pinching in as far as possible to help out the center backs. And the guy responsible for marking that is Caleb Wiley. So if you notice, the closest guy to him is actually Caleb Wiley. And Caleb Wiley is standing in a weird stance because he's looking over there. He's not actually marking him, but he clearly was assigned to mark him. He was looking over that, right? So we are playing a front three, Mikey Dubs, okay? So if you're playing a front three, right, particularly what you want from a front three is you got to have outside guys who are uh, fast enough and forward enough to get in behind people. Now, we have that. God bless, thank God, right? We have Araujo, we have Etienne, who presumably can do that. And Wiley. And we have Caleb Wiley, who can do that, right? So that's awesome, right? But if we're asking our right and left forward to mark in behind our right and left back, let's go to the tactical board, because this is what happens. Tactical board, (laughs) let me get there. I probably have to. Tactical board. I feel like we need like some sort of like, <laughs> you know, button to press to. So we apologize that somehow we lost the names of all of our lane night players. So they're just numbers now, and they're yeah. not their real numbers. So, but in this case, where Lanny United is in red, and we're playing a team in yellow, we'll call them Toluca, right? So what we saw, I have set this up to be, although it's flipped from where the picture is, but very similar to the formation that I took the picture of. So our two center backs, Parata and Cobb, are right there marking their forward. Our um, right back is um, Lennon, who's marking their left forward. They have, sorry, our right back is all the way over here, number four, that's Lennon, right? Our two center backs are two and three, that's Cobb and Parata. And I have Gutman all the way where he is in that picture. I think he was a little closer to here. But in any case, the Toluca right back has gone all the way forward. And it's actually Caleb Wiley in here who's responsible for marking him there. Okay? So, 
Right now, the ball is where it is in the picture. If they either play back or he switches it directly, but in any case, if they play this long ball out here, it is technically looks like it's not the job of Gutman to go there. It's actually the job of Wiley to come back here. Yeah. Okay? So the problem I have with this is, so let's say Wiley does an amazing job and he wins the ball, right? Who is Wiley supposed to be outletting to? Tell me. Wiley. Wiley to Wiley. So <laughs> We've said is, this now twice, uh, right? So is that, who's that to do? Who's that to Yeah, now? because Wiley, Wiley. Wiley is, he's our left forward in a front three, right? So he's supposed to be forward enough. And he's, now I would like him to be right over here. So he's really easily available, but he could be up here, whatever. But he's supposed to be here playing the ball and here receiving the ball. <laughs> right? So that doesn't work. Right? So if he has to track back all the way to here, right, what is the point of playing as a front three? Yeah. Where did our front three go? Because now the only possibility is for him to dribble 50 yards or to try and play in the middle to Josetu or... So what's your solution here? Well, my solution is that... Wiley, as a front three, should not be marking anybody up there, right? So all we have to do is Goodman be responsible instead of holding the hand. Yeah. In, instead of holding. <laughs> We're ready for Nick, yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> I'll take a beer. Absolutely. Always. <laughs> oh, no, I'm good. Thank you. I'm good. Yeah, two beers. We're at a brewery. <laughs> I mean, this Thanks, is Billy. awesome. I like this yeah. uh, recording People at a brewery getting us beers. Yeah, this Billy was one of our early guests yeah, on the podcast. He's yeah. grabbing us a beer. All right. Thank thankfully, somebody's taking care of us. <laughs> so if our center backs are in normal position, then we really don't need three, center, three players marking their front forward, right? So that way, Gutman can be more out here right so when they play all the way across it's Gutman here yeah. right so then when Gutman wins the ball right now who's open I can't see it that's thing. why that's <laughs> Wiley out on this the wide the problem with our setup I can't see anything oh, either but anyway Wiley I left forward right and he is super available and if he's done a good job which I would like him to do and not be all the way up here yeah. if he's dropped back a little bit now he gets the ball and gets to get on the front foot and run at their back four, which is what we want. Yeah. Wiley running at people, especially late in the game, is what we want. Amen. So the thing that drove me crazy tactically in this game is we were so far pinched in that our forwards were responsible for tracking their backs who were overlapping all the way into our defense. And that meant that when we won the ball, there was no forward to play to, to outlet to, right? In what system do you want Araujo and Wiley tracking in instead of Gutman? So we're going into this season with a whole fragmented uh, team that has not spent a lot of time playing <laughs> with any sort of cohesion. We don't know what the playoff system is going to look like. We don't know what our striker is going to be looking like with. Uh, I would say if there's one level of stability that we've had, right, it's been Araujo and Almada, at least on the field together. And they've looked terrific. And they've looked good. They look so like they're ready positive. to go. So there's a positive. Yeah. 
I mean, those guys, if honestly, if we don't get the spacing wrong and we just let them play, those guys are good enough, honestly, to keep us, you know, in playoff contention by themselves. Yeah. They're that good. Uh, um, yeah, and I feel like if Abram and Parata and Miles kind of stay healthy and Gutman, and even though we don't love Lennon on the right, can, you know, stay stable, we should be able to not give up goals, too, even though we've given up a bunch of goals in preseason. We shouldn't be. Sosa back after two games. I don't know, but what I about Carmen? I'm, what sensing, are your I'm sensing some positivity yeah, coming from you guys. But, I'm liking this. But, yeah. no, I mean, the thing is, is, like, you know, Ibarra and Josetsu aren't bad players. They've yet to prove that they're good or great. But they seem like they're solid enough. And if they can progress, that midfield that I'm still worried about, the midfield is still a worry, mm-hmm. particularly from the defensive transitioning up into Amada, and again, not putting them in those positions to recover for the fullbacks. If we can prevent that from happening, then maybe they can stay in the center of the center of the park and do their job. Yeah, I mean, again, I say like if you simply, if you just kept it simple and not overthought the tactics in the back so that we have not just always three players in the back, but three guys who are playing together, equally lined up, you know, marking those guys up, right? Then you can allow, as we talked about last week, Sosa to go hunting, right? If Sosa goes hunting and he wins the ball in the midfield, we will be an amazing team, right? I mean... You know, it's actually interesting because as a, a as an, a Man United fan, and Carmen, I know you're a Man United fan too. So, yep. you know, Man United has struggled for a number of years, right? And people said, oh, the same thing that they're saying to Atlanta United, they just don't have the players, right? But then they switched the manager, manager Ten Hag, and they were c- catastrophic in the first three games. He was like, we need a defensive midfielder. We need to have our outside back stop pinching in. He got a really good center back in Lissandra Martinez. That's all he did. He didn't yeah. revamp the whole squad. Well, Nunez mm-hmm. is the only other X factor there. Nunez? No. no. That's, liver- That's Liverpool. Oh, my bad. Yeah, yeah. He uh, can't score. You're talking about maybe Anthony? <laughs> yes, Anthony. But Anthony uh, hasn't even played yeah. that much recently, and he hasn't done that much no, while he, he was here. Not. But if you did that, you know who is now carrying Man United? It's Rashford, right? And people yeah. say... Rashford has himself actually had a resurrection, right? I don't believe that. I don't believe, I mean, maybe he's playing a little better or whatever, but I don't believe that Rashford is suddenly a different player. I 100% what's, agree with you on this, by the way. What's different is that he is getting the ball yep. in really good spots yep. that Rashford has always been able yeah. to beat people in. Casemiro, the number of times he has won the ball going this way when the other team is going that way and quickly gotten it to Rashford and suddenly boom, goal. Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah Rashford is a great example of, like, he's not – He's not the player that ever can take the team on his shoulders. But I tell you what, if you play him into an opportunity to score, he's got composure and he'll finish it most of the time. And that's, I think, the difference you're seeing with Man United right now is that they keep giving him his opportunities, and when they're clear-cut opportunities, he's got the composure to finish 90% of the time. So I think Atlanta United last year and Atlanta United this year 
is a lot like Man United. We've had good players on paper, and the coach just hasn't figured out a way to recycle the ball high enough up the field to make the players dangerous. Yeah. The other thing that I would point out about Man United that I would, you know, I would advise Pineda to watch at Atlanta <laughs> United is that Ten Hag. First of all, he stopped under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. They had all the ba- outside backs pinching in again. And it cost Man United many times, just like it is Atlanta United, right? He stopped that. The moment he got in, they stopped doing that. They're more outside. And so instead of giving a guy, and I'll, I'll show it to you here, right? If we go back to the tactical board, right? Um, when you pinch in... Here, if you take Gutman and move him all the way in here, what you're saying is you give the guy out here, and a lot of times they can get to here, right? That is the most dangerous place to serve a ball from because that yeah. player now has four options. They can play chip over to the back post. They can play near post behind the guys. They can play it back to the top of the box, or they can even go for goal themselves, right? And that's a nightmare to defend, right? So... The problem that, that we have had is why pinch in? If you have Gutman stay out here and any ball that they try to play from the middle, you know, if they're trying to play from here in the middle all the way out wide to here, you can close it down and now suddenly they're no longer dangerous. So, Dave, do you think that we are going to win on Saturday? <laughs> going straight there. I'm going to go to Carmen first. What do you think, Carmen? Oh. I don't think we're going to win. Really? I, I don't. I don't know why. I feel like I'm becoming pessimistic while y'all are becoming yeah. very optimistic. But I just don't. I, I, there's nothing to excite me about. Yeah. But San Jose is awful, right? That's not good. They were not good? pretty far down the table <laughs> last year, if not the worst. Yeah. Glass empty. Glass empty. <laughs> Carmen uh, is glass empty. I'm Dave, glass empty. No. I'm glass Dave, empty. where are you for the starting game? Come on. Glass empty. Oh, darn it. So I'm going to predict that we struggle and we get a tie at home on opening day. Ooh, I'll take a tie. I'll take a tie. No, you won't. I mean, why? Because I I think we're going to lose. I'll take a tie. San Jose is a terrible team. (laughs) They're coming into our home field. I mean, if you look at our squad versus their squad on paper, they've had a new coaching change last year, right? Like, there is nothing good about San Jose. We have an easy, God bless, an easy schedule to start the season. First three games We do. Yeah. Yep. Uh, until we play Portland, right, with the, which is the fourth fourth game. I'm going to go with a 2-2 tie. I what are you going to go with, Mikey Dubs? I think that sounds extremely reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Um, not, there's no evidence that's painting any other picture. Um, now, it, the only thing is, is, like, we will have players on the field starting together that have never started together. That's the only X factor here, even though okay. we're, we're going to be missing so-so. So we're going to have uh, Etienne, presumably. He's, pres- he's definitely going to play. Okay. I think he's going to come off the bench. Okay. You think so? So that means Wiley's starting then? I think Wiley's going to start. I mean, okay. again, you never know with Pineda, but I if I were so. the coach and a guy has only played 30 minutes in preseason, I'm not sure I would start him in the first match. I'd have him coming off the bench still, but... Um, Especially because 
in the case of Etienne, you have a very, very capable backup in Wiley, who's a terrific player. That's the thing. I have no idea what Pinade is going to... That, yeah. It's, it's a, it's a crapshoot. It is. Like, it seems clear to us. Like the, if you're going to say Guzan, give him the shot to start the year coming off the ACL, okay, great. Of course, I think the rest of the back line pretty much paints itself, as we talked about. You got Guz, Gutman, uh, Miles, uh Parata, I think, is the safer bet as center back with Abram uh, needing to work his way in. And Lennon. And then in front of that, for me, it is Ibarra and uh, Josetu in front of him with Almada, Etienne, uh, and Eruj out, out wide. And then I suppose, was it Jackson Conway? I got to presume that if Papa Giorgio is uh, ready to go, that he's a starter. Which would be fabulous. Yeah, put him so in. If, if he's available, absolutely, right? So, t- to me, okay, so let's presume that that's the starting lineup and we do have Papa Giorgio. I think if we have, I say we win if we've got the Greek. <laughs> One thing is interesting okay. about Pineda, I was going to say, is he seems to think preseason is a chance to just try stuff. Yeah. Right? I mean, when we went into last season, I don't know, we could go back to that, the, the preseason podcast that we recorded. We didn't have any idea that, that Tyler Wolf was going to be the starter on day one. Right? Mm-hmm. When we saw that walking into the stadium on the first day, we were all like, huh, what? Right. You know, and I, so I think that, to be honest – he doesn't see the preseason as what I would see it is. I like getting my team ready to go, getting them playing together, knowing, establishing what the what the starting lineup is going to be. He sees it as a chance. Everybody gets a little fit. We get to see. We try out a lot of things. And then going into the starting game, then I decide who's going to be the yeah. starters, which to me is a nuts way to run preseason. So here's, right? here's what I think. I think if George Yakimaki's – Papa Georgia is able to start on Saturday <laughs> that we win. Okay. If he does not, we'll get that 2-2 tie, tie. There, you know, the one thing I liked about the interview. I was assuming he was starting when I called the 2-2 two, two tie. Now, I'm a little I, more hopeful with some Papa Giorgio. In yeah, the he's got, the guy's got a little attitude. He's got a chip on his shoulder. Yeah, but he have, I've never seen him play with Atlanta United. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I like his attitude. Like, I, I honestly, I think that's kind of what um, we're, we're missing in terms of even Joseph wasn't able to bring last year. It's like just a little bit of arrogance. Mm-hmm. And this guy's got it. He does. Uh, he's got it. Now, he could fall flat on his face with that arrogance. But he certainly seems to have it in spades in terms of, like, not afraid of the mission here. He has that forward mentality. Yeah. And I love it. I like it. The other thing I was going to say about Pineda is he seems to think not only preseason is for tinkering and getting people shot, but he actually thinks that, you know, me as a coach, I'm like, I've seen these players for a long time. I have a good idea. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to change my mind. You know, as they start the season goes on, I might see something or whatever. But I have a good idea. If some guy plays really well for 20 minutes in preseason, it's not going to change my mind about who the starting lineup is. But that's not how Pineda does it. I mean, Pineda seems to think that, you know, you play well in preseason, you get rewarded, including you at the start on opening day, right? And so, for example, in St. Louis... Right? Who does he start? I mean, the guy who was the star in that game, the AmFam Cup, in the second half, was 17-year-old Brennan. Yeah, Brennan. Oh, yeah. Right? Who has never played anywhere on the U.S. Like two, nothing. Right? He's he's 17. He's just been in the academy. 
right? And he was terrific, mm-hmm. and he was. Uh, he scored a goal, yeah, a terrific goal. But that's not preparing for the start of the season. And then he gets a starting role in St. Louis. He started that game. So you could honestly see him like, okay, if he did well in that St. Louis game, which we have no idea because we couldn't see, not a yeah. you would say Pineda's like, oh, he's earned it, and he's the starter. That to me sounds nuts. If Brennan yeah. is is he Wayne Rooney? I mean what No. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> the thing. It's not like it's not like you have a guy seventeen. It, you know, it's one thing if you've got Wayne a Rooney Wayne came Rooney on for Everton or a at seventeen. Chris, yeah, Christian Ronaldo who everybody knows is like looking like right. the next thing right. and but right. if that's the case, right? Wayne Rooney, I am sure, when he played at sixteen for Everton, that preseason. Right, there is no chance that he was like the coach is like. Look, he's 16; he might be ready to go. Let's play him in preseason, play him every game, and and sure, he played well the entire preseason. He played with the starters the entire preseason. Right, but that's coming from making a decision about a guy, and then going with it in preseason. So if if for example we had a guy like let's say they thought Brennan was going to be the next superstar, yeah. then he would say we've been talking him up. He has done all this stuff in the youth thing. Now we think he's kind of ready. And from the very beginning in preseason, he would be playing in the things. That's not what happened. No. He played really well in the second half with all the 17-year-olds. Right. Yep. Right? And he scored a goal. He, uh, to be honest, to be really honest, Uh-oh. he didn't play that well besides scoring the goal. Oh, really? Now, all the fans voted him for an MVP of that game because they're like 17 year old The kid yeah. scores the goal. Always vote for the 17-year-old yeah. who scores the goal. Yeah. But I think Pineda actually thought that's legit. Hmm. Okay. And, you know, and you would say, look, he would argue probably, look, that's, Toluca brought in a bunch of their starters in the second half. And, again, if I were Atlanta United, I would have been livid. Yeah. Right, Toluca came in. They bought like three starters against our starters, uh-huh. and they brought a bunch of their starters in the second half uh-huh. against our seventeen-year-olds. What's up with that? Can I say something about Pineda? Oh yay! <laughs> Look, I do this. You do this as a as a hobby here in front of the cameras <laughs> that we've set up here. Here in the beautiful but Wild Heaven these, setting, I would these, have to say these. Yeah, it's some, I mean, Wild Heaven Brewery is absolutely amazing right now. But have you seen some of these postseason conference things with Pineda? <laughs> yes. And and what is what is it with him? Well, I've read to you a number of the Does quotes. He, why, <laughs> why is it that when he gets interviewed right before, like, have you watched him? He like grabs a pen and he gets all nervous and he starts like writing off to the side. Have you noticed this thing? I watch, have not. Watch it on YouTube. It's it is like a tick almost with this guy. Mm. He like they're like about to ask him a question. He like gets a paper and he's like scribbling like I mean nonsense because I mean he's, there's nothing to write. Uh-huh. They're about to ask him a question, right? And he's just got nervous energy that Aww. he's like doing doodles. And I'm like, to me that is a I mean, if any coach in England was doing what he's doing in terms of behaviors, <laughs> he would get crucified. If we could get into the press conference, maybe we could zoom in and see what the actual thing he's writing on the paper would be interesting. Yeah. But here's the thing. We wouldn't care if he doodles or not if he's winning. Look, yeah, if that's, he could coach, if he could coach, coach okay. he I don't can care if he's the most nervous guy in the water. And you would say, look, totally. okay, if he's not good at public whatever, yeah. who right. the hell cares about that? A thousand, a thousand percent. He's good with the team. Yeah, so that is my issue right now is the, the record is bad. The nervous energy for me is coming off wrong as incompetence is the best way I can put it. (laughs) And excuses. Excuse after excuse. He gets asked questions this preseason. 
right? They say, okay, tell me about how you think about this team. You know, what do you think is going to be good for the team? And he says, what I'd like to start with is all the injuries from last year. You're like, that is not what you were asked even about. No. Like, yeah. talk about like, like him being his, like his words in these in, in these interviews have. For me personally, eroded trust. Like even mm. the Frank DeBoer, uh, he was never the right culture for Atlanta United. Heinze, the arrogance and and <laughs> and firmness, right? Like not a good culture fit as well. But neither one of the DeBoer or the Heinze thing was like, oh, this guy doesn't. I was like, I never was like, these guys don't understand the game in mm. terms of how to coach it. And I'm getting a little of that vibe every time. Pineda is in front of a microphone trying to at least articulate uh, what's really happening. And it's just... Those guys also were so confident to the point where it sometimes inhibited them, right? You know, you were like, maybe you could see that something wasn't working, but they're like, no, no, I know this is the best way to do it, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, where Pineda, this is his first head coaching job, and he's he's clearly nervous, in the role you're right he does seem very nervous that's a great way to describe him yeah, he's talking just, in front of the camera but it's second year he got rid of the guys that you know supposedly were undermining him you know who had more credibility in mm-hmm. the locker room than he did right um joseph martinez clearly you know the the team was listening to more than pineda right yeah. um, and that's a problem yeah. right because you got to command the room right you got to command the team and you know um, I think that, but he he won that war, right? The the club supported him, and he won that war, right? So you would think that he would be more confident this year. Like, okay, now think. I got my guys, right? Yeah, we're gonna have Nick over here in fifteen. All right, we're gonna be able to talk for another fifteen. I'm sure, sure. y'all can figure yeah. out something. We can even invite <laughs> some of the crowd out here to come sit yeah. in. We can ask them about the preseason if you want. Yeah. Um, Hey, Billy. Send him over. Come on over. You want to come join? Yeah. That's the questions. <laughs> the fans are rating the podcast. I, I feel like, like you. need the headphones because Lord knows Jeez. I'm deaf. <laughs> I feel like just with for the, the With the headphones, you can really hear. Danny Rojas. Danny Rojas. He's pretty smart. Just so you know. <laughs> Billy Ellick, folks. So, so much better than the first time I did one of these. Oh, yeah. We're, we've, we've amped it yeah, up. We're at, we're at the brewery, so that's that's way better, right? And I think I was responsible for whatever you were drinking currently. Yeah, we appreciate you, you keeping us fueled here. I, I, and we're doing product placement. Uh, serve your neighbor. Yeah. There you go. All right. so Wild we, Heaven is our sponsor. So What are you going to put me on the spot for? <laughs> no, we we were putting you on the spot uh, in terms of uh, what are what's your gut feeling for the season, and first and foremost, do we win our home opener? San Jose against San Jose, a really Saturday bad team. at home. Got it. You got to get the three points there. You got um, to right, but will we? What, what like honestly? What's your <laughs> if you take a step back and are like, hey, are we going to get it done? So, from a strictly personnel perspective. I mean, have things, has the ship been righted from an injury? So, I, I, I just, so I'm, yeah. not, I'm not that close. Have to you it? been yeah. following the signings? So, have you, you know that we signed Yakamakis? 
Yeah, the Greek, the Greek dude. Kid, I get yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, they they, they should have gone for the Japanese kid from Celtic instead because he's the one that's really getting he's it. He's really this good. Year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Look him up. That's a real thing. Okay. Um, he's at Celtic still. Yes. Yeah. That's okay. who. That's who they yeah. dropped Yakimakis for. Oh. But you know, you have, kid. you have to you have to temper that of players coming from the Scottish league because. It really is just Celtic and Rangers. It's a two. It's a yeah. two-horse town. But, it's, but it the, has the previous yeah. year, he played in the Eredivisie in the Dutch, and for a team VVV, they got relegated. Yeah. But he was the leading scorer in the Eredivisie on a team that got relegated. Yeah. Well, that's, so that's, that's an anomaly kind of thing. That's too. impressive. It is. Um, Who's the, who's the the young fellow that they just signed? He's all about six foot three, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. It, um, it, we were just talking about him. Yeah, he's I, not actually signed yet. It's not signed. Okay, he's about to be signed. But, but he, but he also Miguel went whatever Bruce sixteen Miguel, games last year. And Miguel Barry, yeah, Miguel Barry. Yeah, so yeah. the so the striker that doesn't score does it. The striker that doesn't score. Yeah, that just speaks. I have to say, one of the things that really annoyed me about even the press coverage of that when it hasn't even happened yet. They said it's the kind of striker that uh, Pineda really likes because he's six foot three. Right, and I'm like. Maybe you want a striker who's good. Right. How tall he is. Yeah. I mean, Martinez was really short, and he scored a ton of goals. Exactly. Right? I mean, come exactly. on. So we'll see. It, 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 I'm just wondering, for example, uh, do we feel that Miles is is actually back back? I, I think it's I think That's it's a too, great question. I think I it's too early to tell, it. right? I didn't think yeah. that he was back when – I mean, to, to be fair – we only really ever saw the Chattanooga game in the preseason, so they went to Mexico. They didn't. We kind of a they Facebook. broadcasted it like sideways <laughs> on the. It was a Facebook feed that was sideways, and then it turned off in yeah. the second minute. <laughs> there's very li- little uh, video evidence to judge from. So there's that. Yeah. And he didn't play in the AmFam Cup at Mercedes-Benz the other day. He did play in St. Louis behind, again, closed doors. So right. we really haven't seen. We don't know. But in I will say in Chattanooga, he didn't do much. He didn't whatever. But it didn't look to me like he was explosive the way you might expect him to be. And we were talking about early, Billy, that shambolic that MLS doesn't even have a playoff system decided on. Exactly what How we ridiculous were, what we were just talking about. So, How ridiculous so is that? The words that I used were, it's so JV representative of the structure of the league. Like, single A baseball has their act together yeah. organizationally better than MLS. Yeah. It's it's yeah. an it's yeah. a shambolic but embarrassment. We yeah. we are also saying but it, you you know that it is obviously motivated by this new Apple TV deal right to get more inventory into the channel. So they're trying to get 25 more games sure. in. Is the whole motivation yeah. not what's good for the league, not what's good <laughs> for competition. It's it's about media inventory and, and a zero interest in what the fan is right. actually, you know, we actually qualify as nothing. We're not even on the we're not yeah. even on the plot. No. <laughs> so it'll be interesting what they announce in hopefully the next 48 hours cuz you got to figure they got to announce it in the next 48 hours. I mean the season the, the season starts. You would think. But, but back to your original question I, I I just there's I just can't see San Jose Coming in and getting a result, getting a point. I just, I just can't. We were thinking they're a t- not a good a, side. A t- they're not a good team. We yeah. were saying a tie feels ex- kind of reasonable. That would be it, it kind of Debbie expected, Downer. Right? Yeah, yeah be De- would. it would be Debbie Downer, but kind of like yeah. it would be awful. <laughs> It'd be awful. We agree. It would be absolutely awful, but not totally unexpected, right? Uh, I would concur. With well, that. one okay. of the things about it, it that we can talk about 
So Atlanta United has a history of signing people extremely late. Almada, for example, when he yeah. came in, had to go back to South America right. to get a visa. a visa. He missed the opening two or three games, yeah. right? They had all day to sign a new striker, right? They had to wait, I guess, till Martinez left or whatever. But they had it. You should have had it lined up or whatever. But here's the thing: we are once again with Yakamakis, right? In the case where the visa is supposed to come through tomorrow, and he has played zero minutes with the team. He's been training with the team, but he has played zero minutes with the team in preseason. And so that means two things as a fan. One, you know, once again, you know, how do we know whether we're ready to go? And two, on opening day, you don't even know whether he's going to play. So where's the accountability to, for Boca Negra on this? Yeah, you know. I, I mean, that does this not kind of fall in his swim lane? Like, well, he, he's got it. He's got it. I think so. Yeah, because clearly there were negotiations happening with uh, George Yakimaki's early. I mean, two months ago, right? And it was all about the money. It was all about the negotiations getting wrapped up quickly. And I do feel that whatever needed to happen in terms of making that faster, yeah. so that a you get it, get it signed. If that's your guy, then just get it done. We got plenty of money with Arthur Blank, right? So if it's money, get him signed, get him over here, get the visa stuff sorted out so right. he's in camp earlier. Yep. I, I I do think that unless there was some other guy that they were looking at, that, yeah, they should have wrapped this deal up at least two, three weeks earlier. 100% agree. It just feels unnecessarily forced and yeah. uh, kind of rammed. And, and, and to your point, it's like, yeah, he's been training with the team. Great. Yeah. But has he had any real live fire? Not yeah. that they're really looking at what they've done anyway. It's really not that much. I mean, <laughs> last week's game was quite underwhelming, but that, we kind of knew that was going to be that way anyway. Yeah. Um, having, correct me if I'm wrong, but that second half was pretty much the Atlanta United 2s. It wasn't yeah. even the twos. It was sort of our <laughs> academy okay. team. Okay, so there you Almost. go. Almost. I mean, so there you go. Baby Atlanta United. <laughs> but, yeah, it was mostly twos. Because yeah. literally the kid that scored was like 17, I think. 17. Yeah. And right he in. then started against St. Louis in our last preseason game. Yeah, Which, it, it unfortunately feels like the first, I don't know if we were just to call it out there, the first three to four games of the season are going to be like, trial by fire yeah. <laughs> no pun intended right yeah. with Sosa is <laughs> suspended for two games so we don't have him and yeah so uh, it, yeah it's 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 it just feels like a level of underwhelmingness yeah. is going to be coming out of Saturday's results so Billy what? tell us yeah. about Wild Heaven Brewery and this the situation here yeah. for Fans of Atlanta United haven't been here to have a cold beer on the patio on a beautiful day here. Yeah, it's fan it's fantastic here in Avondale Estates, and I know over on the west side, you know, with yeah. their with their sister location there, they just kind of have, they've captured a really great vibe here. They've uh, invested in the facility here. It's it looks nothing like it did even just a year ago. Yeah. Uh, so it really just it provides a great family friendly environment, um, an incredible pop up food. Uh, opportunities here that are on a weekly basis they kind of rotate and and uh, which is a little bit different than on the west side the west side they've got their turnkey okay food pr food provisions there but here there's always something new and and it's always something really good so it's a, it's a great i'm gonna have to get on whatever the griddles got happening over there I haven't even seen what, yeah. what they got cooking today i i don't i know our our friend and colleague there was 
stuffing his pie hole with chicken wings when I got <laughs> there. There's that. Excellent. But, uh, but yeah, it's, a, it's great. You guys are doing a great job with this. It's, um, let's make this a regular. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to have to broadcast more from Wild Heaven. And uh, appreciate you popping on here Marco? for a minute. Yeah, dude. Do you want Nick? Yeah, if, if Nick is available.